0: This is Stefan from Player One. I'm here with Rad from Good Games Spawn Point. Hello, Rad. Hello. So we're at Highscore right now.
1: Uh, so High Highscore is an event all about music and sound composition in gaming. So it's a two-day conference where there's a bunch of different talks by different people within the games industry that work with music so we've got composers we've got producers and everything in between um, and it's basically an overview of what it's like to make music and sound design for games um, and a lot of information that's really useful as well from a business perspective of how do you negotiate things um, how do you give a good brief for a composer and yeah basically a lot of career trajectory things. Mm-hmm.
0: Now, I think that you're well-placed to host this event because a lot of people who only watch you on Good Game Spawn Point may not know about your musical endeavours. Can you tell us (laughs) a bit about that?
1: Yeah, I actually wanted to be a professional musician All the while that I was growing up, from 8 years old, um, I learned every instrument that I possibly could, which was mostly guitar and drums and a bit of keyboard, and I pursued that for a really, really long time. I used to gig weekly, I played in a band that toured uh, across the east coast of Australia a little bit, and released my own album, which was an amazing experience. I went over to Iowa and recorded it with friends. And so music's always been a really big passion of mine, and eventually I pivoted into doing what I do now, which is kind of games and tech journalism and presenting, uh, which I really, really love, and I think that music also helped me do what I do now, because it helped me learn performance skills and things like that. So... Uh, to be here talking about music and games, it just feels like completely my wheelhouse, and it's so interesting to hear all the different intricacies of
0: how that actually works. Have you done any games, compositions yourself? Because you know a lot of instruments, you could potentially do that.
1: No, I haven't. Um, I don't, yeah, that's not a project that's ever come up for me. As you said, I think a lot of people don't know that I play music. Um, and it is something that's definitely been put on the back burner for me for a while, but I always love being involved in music stuff because I think it's so interesting and it's such a great creative outlet and it's one of the most interesting ways to me that you can convey emotion in almost a really pure way. Um, but no, I've never made music for a game before.
0: <laughs> and how, um, as, as a muso, how do you try and incorporate music and the the study of music or music and games in general into Good Game Spawn Point.
1: So it's not something that we get to focus on exclusively much in Good Game Spawn Point, but we have done a couple of different... um Series in which we look at different areas of game development. So I had the absolute pleasure of coming here to the arcade and talking to some sound designers and composers and breaking down what that process actually is and how you get to an end result. Uh, One of the big takeaways for me was the idea of how you actually make a sound for something that's visually happening. So they showed me a machine that was basically unfolding And the idea that you would have to make a different sound for each stage of that unfolding was just something I never thought about. We absolutely take it for granted when we play games. um, And getting to see someone who knows what they're doing talk about that and show you how they break it down was really, really interesting. But I also think that music is always something that we like to discuss in our reviews as well because it is a really big part of crafting an experience. But funnily enough, for TV, we often have to play the game with the music turned off yeah. so that it's easier for the editors uh so then you have oh, really? to go back yeah <laughs> then you have to go back and play levels again with the music on so you can experience it
0: wow that's crazy um a question that i'm sure you get asked a lot is how do you get a job in this industry so can you can you describe how you eventually got um, would you consider this a dream job
1: yeah, I think I would consider it a dream job. Yeah. It's um, not something that I ever aspired to do. Yeah. Um, but when the doors opened up for me, it was definitely something that I was really grateful
0: for. Because we're in media, so you have to be able to do everything.
1: Yeah, there is there is a lot of. Um, different skills that you have to learn and I think that knowing how different areas of your teamwork make you a better worker so I actually started as work experience in 2012 um at the ABC at the ABC on good game Um, I did the week-long structured work experience program and then at the end of it completely sucked up to everyone on the team and brought in Oreo cheesecakes and uh, like cookies and a bunch of other baked goods and then went into the boss's office and said, I would like to volunteer my time one day a week. Um, I was still studying in uni at the at the time. And she said, look, if you want to work for free, go ahead. Did that for about a year and a half, um, after which I got some part-time work, did that for about another year and a half, then got full-time work and worked as a production coordinator for quite some time, for a couple of years. Um, and then got to a point where... I decided that I either needed to move up or move on. Um, I didn't want to stay in that role anymore, so I looked around in the team and decided that I didn't want to be a producer, I didn't want to direct, I don't feel that I have the vision for directing, um, didn't want to be a researcher and there wasn't really positions available there anyway, and the only other thing was presenting, and I was like, I love performing, so that's something that I'm interested in, but I know that it's highly, highly, highly unconventional for a production coordinator to then become a presenter. But I just made it known that it was a thing that I was interested in, and to start with, there was some resistance, because there is definitely the I, there's definitely a thing where a lot of people want to present, Um, but they're not necessarily very skilled in it. Um, So there is a little bit of hesitation to just grab someone who's not a presenter and put them in front of a camera. But eventually opportunities did present themselves and I just grabbed them and did a good enough job for them to realize that it is something that I could do. And it grew from there. So I think persistence is definitely key. Um, It took, I think, five years or more, five or six years between starting and getting somewhere that I felt things were really, really amazing. Yeah. And it's really true what they say that success is really boring. It is the everyday. When I started work experience, I would go in once a week and for the first maybe six months I was terrified. I used to desperately not want to go and feel like crying because I was so scared. But I went because I knew that it was an opportunity that I was very lucky to have. That I wasn't going to give up, um, and I just stayed really persistent with that and said yes to everything, every opportunity to learn everything about you know the entire company and what I'm doing. So yeah,
0: mm. yeah. You started. I think if I recall, you started on I think it was well played uh, replacing Higgins, mm. and then you're doing uh, Nick's YouTube. Uh, did yeah, you go for good game. That's how, so that's your presenting opportunities. And then you took over from um, Hex. Yeah, 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 you took over from Hex, yeah. Yeah, so, I, so like.
1: I started presenting with Well Played because I was the only other person in the office who had any interest in esports. And uh, Hingers took some time off um, to go do comedy stuff. And he asked me if I would be interested in presenting because he knew that that was something that I was interested in. And he's like, okay, now that you've said yes, I'm going to go in and bat for you and say, um, you know, I think that you should let Rad fill in for me while I'm gone, which I'm really, really thankful for. If he hadn't done that, I probably wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. Um, and so, I think that's also a really key thing: is to talk to people, make it known what it is that you want to do, and also be really kind to people because no one's going to help someone they don't like.
0: So, German and Will, and now you, Rad. How how is Good Game this year? We got new hosts this year, and you had that anniversary special recently. How is Good Game now?
1: I absolutely love where the show is at now. I think for a long time we were doing the same thing and we were really good at it and it totally worked. But it's also really exciting to mix it up and do something fresh. And I feel like now the team is in a place where we're feeling really agile and excited. We've got new people in the team, which always brings um, just extra energy and extra ideas because they're not stuck in how things should be. And that's really, really great. And I think that we're feeling a lot more flexible in trying new things and exploring different areas as well.
0: Rad right from Good Games Spawn Point, thanks very much for joining Play One today.
1: Thank you.